episode number 22 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, how are you? I hear you're in the, you're in the big smoke, are you? I am, yeah. I mean, well, for the first time, good morning. We've never recorded a show in the morning before, so for listeners who want an insight into how we go about this, I'm in a hotel room in London, in Canary Wharf. It's 8 o'clock. Kyle's at ASV. And uh, this is the only time that we could record it all week. So that is a, that is a demonstration of our commitment to the show that we're, we're making this happen. Uh, exactly, Tom. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it certainly is. Early, you sound a little bit a bit more croaky in the morning, I must say. Uh, uh-huh. I, I can't say that I sound great myself, though. But uh, but yeah, we're getting it done. We're getting the, just like our training, we're getting the session the session done. Getting out of the way to ready to start a good day of, of working, work, rest, and play. Exactly. But as well as you know, the show it does continue on normally. Though we've got a good a good few things for you this week, listeners. We've got the Loch Ness Marathon from last week, that festival of marathon and ten k to wrap up. We've got a really interesting discussion with Alex Jackson, MBE from uh, who's you know talking about his years of officiating and cross country. So. Um, yeah, plenty still to talk about. And of course, Kyle, mate, you are now within 10 days of the Chicago Marathon. How are you feeling? Oh, I think a little bit of pee just came out there when, when you mentioned I've only got just over a week to go. I don't know if I'm excited or anxious. Probably the, <laughs> mi- the, the, mix, the mixture of emotions uh, is, is, is something is something that only a, only a marathon runner will know um, in the run-up to one of these races. Uh, it's 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 all it's just about keeping putting it all together and you, you know everything's been going really well and and now it's just a case of uh, as you mentioned last week just getting us all bubble wrapped isn't it um, absolutely so so yeah and, uh, I mean I'll, I'll I'll go on I'll go on to you I mean you've only got three weeks yourself haven't you is it three weeks uh, I don't weeks? think I've got I'm four weeks on Sunday four weeks Sunday yeah and you've yeah. got the so, you've also got a race this weekend as well haven't you I do yeah great Scottish. Uh, yeah, the great Scottish run, the half marathon this weekend in Glasgow. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think we've both been we've both been getting the miles in. We talked about we talked about putting you in bubble wrap last week, but um, we ended up putting you outside of some bubble wrap on Sunday last weekend. You did. You you you, you, you put me out in the war field. Um, I was running and I was expecting about an eight minute mile, especially going up Scotty Hill. Uh, so there was. It was on the Sunday um, after quite a, a, a decent session I did on Saturday at Elgin at Cooper Park. Um, just going re- reversing back to that day, um, I ended up doing. Oh God, what did I do? God, I can't even, that's really bad. I can't remember what I did. Uh, like three by five k or something. I think it was more than that. It was yeah, it's two by five k. Then it was four k, three k, two k, and then four by one k. Um, so in total, it was about twenty-three kilometers of of effort, uh, which was, so it was quite a, a, a you know a hefty session, especially two weeks out. But one of the, probably one of the last key sessions at before before Chicago. So it was I didn't feel great to start with, to be honest. But once I got going, um, I felt quite good. There was a little bit of wind. I mean, just just to give you a setting, set the scene for if if any just don't know where Cooper Park is in Elgin. It's it's fairly flat. It's slightly undulating. Um, but but yeah, it's it, it, you know I, it's just over well I, I see just I think it's just under one mile. Um, so yeah, many laps of of Cooper Park that day, but 
my times were, I was happy with my times. I was I was hitting about five twenty sixes for the first per mile for the first five k, and then uh, you know every every kind of set or rep that I did, uh, the shorter the distance, I, I tried to go a little bit quicker. So I went from I think it was like five twenty six to in the the, the last kilometers to five five tens five twelve. So yeah, it was really good. Um, a, a good confidence booster. Um, Debbie did mention that I looked really good. I looked quite light in my feet. Um, I just looked like a different type of runner compared to what I was um, in, you know, in the the, the kind of heavy um, work, you know, the heavy section of when I was doing a lot of ultra running. So um, yeah, so I think fingers crossed I'm I'm going in the right direction. And then you guys decided to to take take me out. Well, we all decided to go out for a long run on Sunday and. Uh, quite a few of us how many was it there was me you Robbie Simpson Cameron Strachan Ben Ward uh, Chris Richardson and Miles Edwards and Miles Edwards as well yeah so it was uh, it wasn't the slowest of groups to be honest Um, so I I think if I I knew that we're going to be going six under seven minute miles for 18 miles I might have uh, I might have just sacked it off and and ran ran myself uh, in my you know my happy my happy place at, at eight, eight and a half minute miles for the 18, but no, no. And Robbie decides to take us up Scotty Hill as well. And I, I had a go at everyone saying, I've, Chicago's flat, there's no hills in Chicago. So at least I've got somebody to blame when when I, when I, when, when things don't go my way on, on Sunday. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was a really good, it was a really good group run that. It was, we had a, yeah, as you say, the department used to be a social run and it was, a little bit harder than sociable until we got to what I think it was mile 15 and then suddenly as always with a group like that the pace just starts to ratchet up ratchet up and I realised at one stage I think I'm running marathon pace here <laughs> it was. there was uh, along the river section we were we were running six six or fives yeah ah, you know yeah. okay it was it's all, all well and good for you guys who, who didn't do a session on Saturday but for the poor wee souls such as myself having to hold on is, is uh, I mean it was okay I was quite surprised I actually didn't feel too bad on, I mean if I if I wasn't able to cope then I would have certainly just done my own thing but no it, it, it's amazing what difference it makes running in a group um, you know when you you end up just running yourself at that pace it's just a long slow sl- it's quite you feel quite sluggish and you, you don't feel like you're going to get it, it just feels like it's taken so long to to finish. To, um, but the, the fact that we were chatting away most of the time, I'll say, um, it, it it kills the time. So it's good. Um, so yeah. So yeah. I I rounded off, I, I think I rounded off my week um, just over the ninety. So I was happy with that. And uh, this week it's just a case of dropping the mileage down slightly. And just looking after myself, feeling if I feel anything that I'm not comfortable with, I'll you know pull back a little bit and um, yeah, just be really sensible now. So so yeah, I'm, everything's going going well, and fingers crossed that this weekend I'll do another session. Um, not not nothing too strenuous, and that'll be that uh, one session, a shorter session next week, um, four or five days out, and it'll just be. Uh, extra bubble wrap around my legs and my my uh, my feet. Yes, and remember, I want to hear. Obviously, I'm not going to speak to you again until you go there. So you need to make sure you pack some comfortable shoes to wear when you're walking around Chicago. We don't want you in 
flatties again. No, no flat, yeah. To, no flatties, just sure uh, high, no flatties. high heels. <laughs> yes. So we want that. We want you to have your, want you to have a power bank so you can charge your mobile this time. It's not going to run out of juice. Yeah. To, uh, we want to see a plan of where you're going. We want, <laughs> you're not going to be a repeat of Germany. <laughs> oh God! It, it, selfies galore as well. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah. That's good. Not during the race. Very exciting. So yeah, no, it should be good. Um, so what about you, Tom? How's your How's your week going? Week's been how's good. your week so gone? My week has gone well. So if I go back to last week, we what did I do last week? It's all becoming a blur. I actually had a really good session on the. So I had two sessions last week on on the Wednesday. I kind of did one of these off road far legs, which was good. I put on Hazelhead, Curtis uh, Wells, Morris doing three minute uh, minute effort. Sorry, off road, which is good. Running on effort. Then on Friday, I did um, a, waves, a wave run, uh, which was 8x5k at half marathon pace with a sort of steady K recovery, and it felt really good. I did a run Duffy Park. The splits were, I mean, I was having to rein it in because it was much, it felt much quicker than marathon pace. I was thinking, this is half marathon pace, sorry. And I was thinking, this is, this is not my half marathon pace. This felt really easy. So, you know, I was shooting from five, I said, you know, five thirties. I would say where my half marathon is probably at the moment. Um, I was sitting at that sort of five fifteen, five twenty. So really trying to rein it in, and the recoveries as well were, you know, I'm finding I was running almost marathon pace in recovery, and it felt just great. So one of those sessions, you know, where I on one stage I thought I must have a tailwind all the time here. I was convinced there was some weird tailwind because I felt that everything was running. You know, I was just everything was coming together. So really good session. Really pleased with that. So that was brilliant. It, yeah, so 8 by k on, um, I can explore to you, covering 16k in the run, um, so pretty much 10 miles in a pretty solid time, which was good. And then, yeah, media run on the weekend, on, the sun, on Saturday, and then met up with all you fellas over at Bankery, Scotland Hill on Sunday to round off an 84-mile week. So, good week for me last week, and I'm now, yeah, I was, this is four and a bit now, if you like, out, and I've got an eye on Sunday with a great Scottish run, which we'll, we'll talk about we preview later on and um, yeah I'm quite excited I think I, I think I can I'm, I'm, to be honest I'm shooting for PB absolutely so oh, yeah. we'll go into that and we'll see we'll see what I can go out of Glasgow and then I'll that will be the sort of indicator I guess for, yeah. for Frankfurt but I feel good feeling good good really good to hear Tom um, and just for the listeners what's your PB for the half so in Inverness I ran this year 72.44 I think it was yeah. and which, I, which was a big PB at the time. I've since run uh, 70, what did I run? And I ran in a great Aberdeen, what, 340, so I ran 73.40. But I feel, that, you know, you know that course. Yeah, I think yeah. I've got time to come off that. I feel, I've, I feel much like you with Kratis, I feel that I've become fitter since great Aberdeen as well. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it'll, so yeah. I, I think as well, you know, you're, Looking at your training for the last few weeks, you've been so consistent. Um, you've been sensible. You haven't, you know, you, ha- you haven't really had any touch wood, any down, you know, really bad patches. Um, maybe you've had some awful, not feeling great kind of runs, but like you've been so consistent with your mileage. You've managed to get key sessions in. You're not doing anything stupid, you know, and that's that's something coming from me. Um, you know, everything's been pretty pretty controlled and. You know, you're not you're not doing twenty eight miles of hard running. You know, you 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 within yourself, and 
you're, you're focusing on the emphasis on, on pace and not going out in each rep. Say you're meant to be doing, you know, your wave run. You're not going out too hard and, and, and dying and not being able to complete the session. So I think there's definitely, you've, 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 uh, um, Went you went about it the right way, so uh, yeah, it'll be good. Great, the Great Scottish Run oh as well. It's a, it's a good course. The first we'll speak about it anyway, but I know the the first miles uphill and then thereafter, it's it's fairly undulating and, and fairly flat. Uh-huh. Uh, that's where I got my PB. So I'm fingers crossed. Right? I'm I'm hoping that uh, that you do the same on Sunday. Nice, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, that's so exciting couple of weeks for us um, coming up. I'm looking forward to. It. I think we'll. I think we're going to see PBs, which is good, and we want to and we want to keep that train going. Yeah. On yeah. our results, then we um we can there's some been some results uh big race in Scotland actually last week uh, already this season we've had a we had the Loch Ness Marathon festival last week. We did, yeah. Uh, so we had the uh, I I did obviously did this last year and the I really like the Loch Ness Marathon. It's a different type of marathon compared to. London or Chicago, it's um, far a lot a lot more quieter than um, certainly more quieter than you, you're going to get at, at London or, or Chicago or Frankfurt or any of that. I mean, you, you, the sections where there's absolutely nobody um, who's you, you, spectating, but it's a really good feel. It's a beautiful location, probably one of the most stunning road marathons there is in the world, um, just on the banks of Loch Ness. So. If you haven't done it yet, I would urge you to give it a bash next year. Um, great course. It's it's fairly it is downhill. Um, and the first couple of miles is a really big downhill section. Um, so I'm not sure it's a, it's not really classed as a ratified. Um, it's not ratified to be an official um, marathon in terms of getting records and and, and PBs, but. Uh, but to be honest, when when we say that, it's there's still a lot of climb in it, um, and because of the first couple of miles is downhill, it, it it's really if it was at the end, then it would it would maybe make make a, a lot more a bigger difference. But the first couple of miles, you're you're kind of really within yourself anywhere. You certainly should be within yourself for the first couple of miles. So the advantage of the downhill really um, really doesn't make a huge amount of difference and. I think for me, um, I, I kind of compare Loch Ness to, you know, and also looking at other people's times. There isn't many people who've got a faster time at Loch Ness than they have at, at London. I mean, my London time's faster than Loch Ness, and I've done Loch Ness twice now and London twice. Um, so, yeah, so it's a little bit, yeah, really good course, but uh, and it's a good course for racing. That, that's what I would say with that. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 the times this year yielded some good results. Yeah, they are. Yeah, great, great results. Um, Mohammed Abu Rezik, he he came first again. So this is his third year in a row that he's he's won Loch Ness Marathon in a time of two hours and twenty two. Um, second place was a guy uh, from Ab- uh, sorry, I, I forgot to mention Mohammed Abu Rezik uh, from Altrincham in District AC, uh, and second place was Adam Holland from Tavistock AC. Um, he was he came in second place in two hours and twenty four minutes, and third place was uh, Isaiah Koskai, uh, who also did it last year, and uh, he, he he's improved in his time significantly this year, and uh, finished in two hours and twenty six minutes, and he was also the first veteran. Uh, I notice he's he's down as Victoria Park Glasgow. Is is he moved? Is he moved to uh, Scotland or is he? What, what, 
Yeah, so, no, I don't, I, I don't know what that the club connection there is. So, uh, Sayakovsky, he's a, he's a guy who, you know, he's a, he's a Kenyan runner. He was, uh, you know, had a very good pedigree back in back in the day when he was younger. I think he's a you know, two-hours, 12-marathon runner, wasn't he? That's right, yeah. yeah. He's run some serious times. And he, now, um, he knows Miles Edwards, uh, who's an Aberdeen-based runner. He does a huge amount of work out in, in Kenya with, his, with the charity, the Tim Edwards Foundation. Anyway, so he's come back with Miles, like he did last year for, I'm not sure he's with Miles or Miles, he's using Miles as a contact, but he's back in, he's staying in the Aberdeen area for seven weeks this, this time. So he was back, he ran the marathon, and he, I think he's learning, I mean, he is a qualified physio, so he's, he's doing some physiotherapy in Aberdeen while he's back, but he's also um, learning from a, um, a local physio in Aberdeen, um, Peter Wilson, just to get some broaden his experience but he's he is a very good physio I got um I had a rub down from him last year he knows what he's doing it's uh, a Kenyan style uh, nice. it's a little bit different than I was used to if I'm honest yeah oh well so he's he's certainly a, a guy to um I'm sure there'll be you know if, if he's or in the Aberdeen area then I would I would certainly encourage you to you know try him out yeah. check him out see yeah, so, see see, well, see exactly. how he's Helps you, you know, and he, he's he's a runner, you know, he's a he's a very good runner, so he he'll be able to, you know, I'm sure you'll also give you some hints and tips as well, uh, as well as giving you a good a good massage as well. So well, that's the thing, you know, he yeah. you know he, he is a he's a he's a runner, and he knows um he knows what's uh, what he's talking about, and he can offer some good advice. If you do want to, if you're interested in the avenue and, and getting in touch with him, please email us on the show. We can put you in contact. We've got his details, so we can. We can do that. Um, but what, when I went in last year, so I went to see him on a re- recommendation from a few mates, and I, you know, since now I saw him last week actually just out for a run, you know, and, and having a chat with him. He's a really nice guy. But first time I went for a massage with him, I I went in and uh, you know I don't, I only had a sports massage a couple of times before that, and it was with you know, a sort of physio centre in Aberdeen, so a bit more formal. So I went in, and uh, he says, right, uh, just you, there's the table. So I went over and he goes, I oh, know, take your Take your shirt off, man. Okay, right. So I'm, uh, I'm in my, in my sort of running shorts. Man. Okay, that's fine. Behind the table, instantly he's tucking my shorts right up my crack. Oh. So it's just it's something. And Christ, what, what is you know, what's going on here? <laughs> and uh, he gives it what was a very good massage, but just much more. You know, I mean, all the way up the thigh. <laughs> just, oh. uh, you know, and that is that's. Uh, I guess maybe it's the sort of natural prude in the the, the British. Coming in there, and it was it was excellent for that for that first time. It was kind of oh hello, <laughs> a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of an eye opener was it? A bit of an eye opener, but anyway, a very good massage, and uh, my legs felt amazing afterwards. I had it the week before I did Chicago, the attended the week before I did Chicago last year, and my legs felt really good, really just they felt after you know a bout of heavy training, the midway through the taper they were still pretty just heavy, and it really loosened them off, and they felt great. So I guess you get that with any sports. Yeah, he did. I mean, he he went off. Uh, he, he both of them, both. I think I mentioned this in the last ep, the last episode of the couple of episodes ago. Him and Aberezic went off like a bat of hell, and I think the first half split was. Um, I think the first two mile um, section was world record pace, um, and then I think the split was for the half marathon was about sixty seven, and I think Koskai, uh, you know, went 
Red lined it a bit too much and, and ended up um, really struggling in the last few miles of the race and uh, ended up coming fifth. It's still still in, you know on the, the, the kind of top five, which is good. But uh, yeah, it definitely, uh, I think it's about an, an, an eight minute improvement this time around. Um, so so yeah, good to good to see him pacing it a little bit better and just uh, slight, slightly slightly. I think he was looking to win it. I think we mentioned that before. He was looking to get a to beat Abu Rezik, but just a little bit. Yeah, a couple of minutes off. So next year, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So the 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 women's race was a really a, a really good race as well. Um, we had. Again, I mentioned it last year. We should have a, a section for her in the show. Sheena Logan, who had we a, called great, that, by the way. a great, we totally run. called that. Yeah. What's that say? You called it. We did called that. We did. We you? called that result. We should be getting. We should be uh, getting a, some sort of payment we for, money for on, calling we it. Money and, on races. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, she Sheena came that? first in two hours and fifty one, so it was a personal best for her. Um, now Sheena, great result. I hope you have a weekend off this weekend. We're, 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 we're not fed up with speaking about you. You know, you, you fill in the gaps, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you a well-deserved uh, rest this weekend, I hope. And get the feet up and do some easy running for a couple of weeks, and uh, and, and, I'm sh- and I'm sure you'll do that. So congratulations, Sheena. Great result. And uh, we had second place was uh, Jennifer Wetton in 2 hours and 53 minutes from Central AC. Jennifer's recently had a baby, um, so really good to see her coming back to fitness. And um, yeah, I'm sure in, in the not in the not too distant future she'll be uh, she'll be knocking on the doors of of back to her old self again. So congratulations to yourself, J- Jennifer. And in third place was our local lady, uh, Metro Aberdeen, uh, Hazel Linus, in three hours, yeah. just just over the yeah three hours and twenty seven seconds. And I think she, I believe she's the first uh, veteran as well. So excellent result for Hazel as well. So that rounds up the the Loch Ness marathon results for the. So there was also the the 10k as well, um, which is a which is a renowned quick route down there, and it was it had a I've got to say a stacked field. I mean on the on the men's side it was a certainly two of the. The first two had a bit of a ding dong at the Sterling 10k recently. They're at it again this weekend. So, first place, Ewan Gillum, 30-22, Kilbarkin AC, and Edmund Uni. So, he is, we said this last week, under 23, this guy. He is serious talent. I mean, that's really moving there. Second place, Mr. Kenny Wilson, Maury Roadrunners, a friend of the show, 30-33, which is a seasoned best for Kenny. His PB is 30-25, so he's He's in good shape at the moment. Yeah, and, not far well, off his PB. Yeah. No, so as, as quick as he's been this year, which is good. So knowing that Kenny's running the Cardiff, the Commonwealth half next weekend, that's a, a good a good sign for him. And then third place was local Inverness runner John Newsom in 32-13. So a wee bit off. So those two at the front, 30-22 and 30-33, quite a, a tight race. Yeah. And on the women's side, it was the other half of the... Kenny and Jenny combo was Jenny Bannerman Inverness 34-53 for the win which is a PB for Jenny first time she's been under 35 I understand so really good for her second place was Ella Revit Edinburgh AC slash Edinburgh Uni so she was in 35-35 so strong strong time there 
And then running off the women's podium was Rosanna Andrews of Rugby in Northampton in 37.08, so a wee bit further back. Yeah, we we, we uh, yeah, good results. Um, one one result I will mention is uh, is James for the st- standout run for me was James Wilson's run. Uh, he ran thirty. I know he was fifth place, and we usually just say the top three, but I'm going to make an exception because I was really impressed by James's ten uh, k time thirty two twenty seven. So a massive PB for James. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure he's knocking on the door of Kenny's. T- um, getting getting closer to Kenny. So. Kenny, watch out! Yeah. James is coming for you. Um, so, so yeah, there, there you go. It's a, just a, a note on the, the Loch Ness tank, the River Ness tank. It's I. This is where I got my PB here uh, a couple of times now, and um, I think it was about five, six years ago. I, 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 man, I somehow managed to to win it. Um, must it was definitely a, a, a slow, a slow week or a slow field. That not a slow field. Apologies for everyone running there, but. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't expecting to win it, so it was a big surprise for me. And that, that's kind of when I started training a lot more and a lot more uh, regularly. And and it was a, a big PB for me uh, when I when I went came up, when when I went to Riverness 10K. Um, it is a really um, good course in terms of time. Uh, it's flat. It's slightly downhill. Um, I still think it. I think it still falls within the the the, the PB. You know. Within a record, yeah, is that right? It does, yeah. Yeah. It does. Um, so, if you look on a power ten, the marathon does not count, but the ten k does count. So, there's. When I look at the results here. There's a lot of guys in the top ten and the clock PBs at this race this year. So, yeah. So, it does count. Yeah. So next year, if you do want a fast, a fast run, a fast race, uh, I would definitely encourage you to sign up to the the River Ness ten k. Uh, really well organised. Um, Definitely, definitely, I recommend it. So, there you go. Um, so that rounds up the the tanky, the, the the Loch Ness Marathon Festival, I suppose. Um, and what we had next was we had a couple other races on at the same time in that, that weekend. Um, just a note: there was a race that Luke Trainer did. We've obviously had Luke Trainer on the show already, so I'm going to make a, a, a mention it to him. He did a race. I don't even know where he did the race. At. In fact, let me. Just double check, but he ran a twenty-nine minute ten k um, at some local local race, which is is, is fantastic. Uh, it was a Hamilton ten k. He, he did. He ran a twenty-nine forty. Um, so yeah, he's obviously in good form to run a twenty-nine minute ten k by yourself. You know, even I suppose Luke's caliber. It's probably just a tempo run for him, but. He's obviously in, in great shape at the moment and it was a, a fine warm-up for him. He's doing the Great Scottish Run in Glasgow this yeah. weekend. Um, I believe it'll be the half he's doing. Is that correct, Tom? Do you know? That is, that is correct. He's on the half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's good to see. We also had the... It was a Scottish half marathon as well. Um, this was in Musselburgh, was it? I believe. Um, yes, it is in, in Musselburgh, yeah. It starts yeah. in the... Uh, yeah. East Lothian area. Yeah. So we so we had Kevin Liddell from well, I don't know what way he's from, sorry Kevin. Um he was first in one hour twelve minutes. Uh Paul Featherstone uh, also in one hour twelve minutes. And Jason Kelly was from Metro, uh, was in third place and managed one hour thirteen minutes. Um first female was just checking scrolling down the results, we had Chloe Cox. In one hour twenty-three, oh, yeah. and Kira Gore 
in one hour twenty three as well. So there you go. Um, so I I don't have. Oh wait, hold on. I do. Just bear with me. Third place was Claire Thompson, and also one hour twenty three. So uh, I'm looking at the results. It was only five seconds between first, second, and third. Uh, in, at, at that race. So wow, that's that's impressive. That's tight. Yeah, really so that tight. Race, yeah. That the Scottish the Scottish half marathon. They also have a 10k as well, and on the 10k, not quite as quick as we were seeing north at Inverness on the weekend, but it was won anyway by a guy who's, I have no club names on this, but Harry Bernard, 32.41. In second place was Michael Carroll, who I think is Perth. Yeah, he is, yeah, Perth. Perth runners, yeah. He's a well-known runner up here, over 45, 32.53 was his time, just that's a you know, clear vet winner there. In third place, James Taylor, and 33 27 and on the women's side I apologise I'm scrolling because they're it's not uh, separated out first place Shona McIntosh HPT 36.54 in second place was Freya Ross 37.29 oh really good to see her coming good to see Freya making the comeback there well that's good to see yeah and then third the female was Joanna Brown in 38.41 so that's brilliant to see Freya Ross I was aware she was she was, um, someone did mention she was racing that, and I didn't realise that she's podium, so that's great. Hopefully that's, progress, you know, or coming back, I think she's, yeah, she's not been running for a while, so come back after. Yeah, um, yeah, just a slight, slight amendment to your, uh, your your third place there, um, just looking at the time, it was Zoe Flug, um, who was in third place in 38 minutes and 26. Okay, sorry, uh, yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, you had your, that, that would have been your fourth place there, but. Um, That's so right. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, yeah. Good. Good. Good results there. Um, so what else did we have? On, on, on? The, on, on the look, just to go back on the other result you mentioned before, Luke Trainer. That's you know that's that's really impressive from him at a race like Hamilton. You know, I can't imagine. I can't find Hamilton 10k results, but I can't imagine he was exactly challenged to run a time like that. So I, I think you know, I did see the result, and I think he had like a, a two and a half, three minute uh, gap on on second place. So. Yeah, a, a soul, uh, definitely a soul run, that's for sure. Um, and if we compare that to when he ran, was it Brian Goodwin when he ran his 28, whatever it was, 28 minute 10k, and again, he was on his own. So it'll be interesting when he does have a bit of competition to see if he, uh, if he, what he can run. I know, you know, this certainly this weekend, the half will be fascinating to see, because we know Hawkins ran a couple of years ago and ran a very strong, he said, I know, that was it was short, but I know Hawkins has run a couple of very quick times on the, the great Scottish pros it'd be really interesting to see if Luke can, can run the similar sort of times yeah yeah it'd be really good to see um, I, I'm not sure we can chat about the rest of the result I don't, I don't know who else is running it um, but yeah can mention it I'm sure uh, just yeah. looking looking at the other results we had the West District Championships for the half marathon it was the Dumfries half marathon um, so in first place and the West champion is Craig Reed. Bella Houston in 76 minutes and second place was 78 minutes and 23 Andrew Kirk from Kirk and Tulloch Olympians and third place was Jamie Clement from uh, East Kilbride Athletics Club in 80 minutes and 38 and the top three women, first female was Lisa Finley from Dumfries Running Club in 88 minutes and 59, second was Julie Beveridge Calder Glen Harriers, 92 minutes, and the third place was Pamela McCrossland from Clydesdale as well. Uh, sorry, from Clydesdale Harriers. 
and 94 minutes. So that rounds up the podium for there. All right. Um, Very good. So a good week of racing. Yeah, yeah. No, good. Sorry, go. Uh, I, was, I think that was my last result. I was going to mention Tom. Um, so who else is running the Great Scottish Run then? So obviously you are. Who's going to be your your competition? <laughs> yes, it's pretty much me. Me and Luke Trainer, really. That's the. Hey. You no, know, there's a. Uh, so the, the Great Scottish Run uh, this weekend. It's the Scottish Sh- Half Marathon Champions Championships. But unfortunately, uh, well, the Scottish field at the front is not. Um, I guess was, Luke is pro, Luke for will be the favourite. Uh, I've actually got the start list in front of me here. On the men's side, if I would just go through my kind of preview thing, Chris Thompson, uh, who is a you know strong British runner, um, vet runner, runner not vet these days, he's maybe thirty six. He um, Chris is running some really good times. He won the event last year, so you know he'll have to go in as a as a real favourite. We've also got Michael Shelley, Commonwealth, Marath- Commonwealth Marathon champion. So another name in there who you would expect to, to run well. Um, looking down the list, other interesting people. Andy Vernon is running. Luke Trainer, of course, we mentioned is running. Johnny Meller. Um, Tisegi Tewaldi. Neil Reno. And we also have uh, Tewaldi Mengisteb and Michael Crawley. Kenny Wilson is on the list. I believe Kenny is not running, obviously, with uh, Cardiff next week. Um, yeah. Going down the list again, names like uh, Michael Christofferow of Edinburgh, he's running. Mikey Wright, centrally see. Mikey being the Scottish Marathon champion this year from Stirling. Lachlan Oates. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty actually, um, pretty deep. Gordon Lennox is on the, is on the, the start list. Del Rey, Spike AC, Paralympian. And running off the bottom of the list, I think it is in order of is Donnie McDonald of uh, Inverness Harris. So quite a, quite, actually quite a deep field in terms of that sub seventy bracket. I think we'll, I think if I'm, I'm, I think we'll see Chris Thompson and Michael Shelley probably go away with it. I think Luke Trainer may try and go with him. I'm not sure he will. I'm, I'm not sure what. It'll be interesting to see what Luke runs. He had that fantastic half in Barcelona last year. So. I'm sure he'll he'll be looking to run run a strong PB there, and uh, and there's guys like you know Andy Vernon, Paul um, Deb who he'll be I'm sure competing against. Yeah, wow, that's uh, yeah, really, really good stacked field in the male side. Awesome. And yeah. what have you got the female list there at all? I do, I yeah. do indeed. So on the female side, we have. Um, so we've got we've got a couple of um, uh, we've got a, we've got a couple of Ethiopians in the start list. We've got um, Mary de Baba, um, and then we've also got we also we've got the UK interest Susan Partridge, right? Uh, Ross, who is I think Fanula has run this won this race before, and Fanula, of course, won the Scottish 10K Champs in Stirling a couple of weeks again weekends ago, so That's clearly right. in good shape. Uh, Haley Munn, Gemma Rankin, Fanny Gareku, Central AC. Fanny's a Throwing a runner there, Jenny Bannerman is on the start list for the half marathon. So very interested to see what Jenny can do, having that PB run uh, the Inverness 10k. And looking down the list, Laura Dunn as well, Edinburgh uh, C. So similar to the men's race, we've got you know a couple at the front. Some, you know we've got a world marathon champion in, in Rose Chalimo running. We've got the 2016 Olympic bronze medalist in Mary de Baba running. 
sort of some serious elites at the front, and then then you come back down to the sort of seventy to seventy-five minute bracket, Scottish and British pub runners, which will be very, you know, I say pub runners, that's still elite pub runners, will be really interesting to see. So my money would be on someone like I'm not sure what sort of shape she's in, but you've got to say someone like Susan Partridge or or Gemma Rankin or Fanilla Ross would be the three from a Scottish perspective that I'd be well, for the Scottish champs anyway that I'd be looking at. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting, and I'm sure it'll be the, the results are going to be fairly instant as well if you're not able to, to watch it. It's also going to yeah. be on TV, I believe. It's on BBC. It's on TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that'll be interesting. And then just to, I guess, what we're talking about, so there's also a 10K as part of the festival. So uh, the elite side there, there's not as, the names are not as heavy on the list. On the, on the women's side, Gemma Steele is running. And also Mary McLennan, of course, who was an interviewee of four hours. So hopefully Mary can have a strong run. And you know, I think she's got a really good shot of winning that. Yes. On the men's side, the two names that come up are we've got Adam Craig, Edinburgh C, who's a 29-29 minute man, and Ali Hay, Central AC, so who's a you know 5,000 metre champion this year, I believe, the Scottish champs. Good shape, and they get a good run at the Sterling, so that'll be, those two will be tussling out. And we've also got our man, Mr. Cameron Russell Strachan, who's on the up, having run his 32 uh, sorry, 31, I beg your pardon, minute 10k recently, so I think he'll um, he'll probably um, be in the tussle for that third podium spot. Yeah, well, it's a really good standard of, of running, um, especially you know to have it in Scotland as well. Um, so yeah, so uh, well, good luck to everyone doing it, and uh, if you are doing it, drop us a line and we'll uh, we'll certainly mention you uh, on our social media pages as well, if you, if you don't mind, that'll be fantastic. And yeah, Absolutely. we'll no doubt have a review next week as well. Exactly. And if you see if you see me running, give me a shout. Forget about the elites. Yeah. Give me a, give me a <laughs> high five. That's what we want. Do you know what? See the last time I did the Great Scottish Run, I had my tartan running shorts on. The amount of abuse I, I got. The amount of people goes, Where's your shorts? That's just your boxer shorts. And I was like, Well, there's not a hole in the front, is there, mate? So that was, I did <laughs> I didn't say any of that, I didn't, uh, but I was a little bit like, God, they are really, they are really short to, to run around the city of Glasgow with, but hey, what can you do? Well, like, you, know, you know when you're out running and someone says something to you, it's either what was your shorts, mate, or run for a run. I'm one of these people that I never actually shout anything back, but I spend the next 10 minutes in the run thinking about things I should have said, <laughs> you know, things that would have been great takedowns that I'm just not quick or witted enough to come up with on the spot. That, that's it, yeah. Talking about um, talking about being on the spot during runs. Now, yesterday, this is my running rant for today, Tom. Yesterday, okay. I went out for a run. This dog comes charging at me. Now, not only does the dog come charging at me, the owner just stands and watches this dog about to tear me down, tear me to shreds. Now, that's how it felt for me. Now, you know how um, anxious you get, maranoia and all that coming into play. You don't want to trip, to trip up on any roots, or you don't want to fall, get bitten by a dog, or trip over dogs. And so I was quite, uh, what's the, what's the word? I was quite angry that the the owner just stood there and, and didn't call the dog back. And as I proceeded towards the the owner, um, he he didn't even he didn't he didn't even acknowledge me. Um, he he, he didn't even say sorry or anything like that. Now. Why? Why was he like? Why did? Why did he not say sorry? So I went to him and goes, "You could have at least, you could at least look, you know, controlled your dog." And he goes, "Well, you should control your temper." And I was just like, really, 
Like, and I, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. I, I just says, well, at least you know what happens. I, I can't remember what I said, but I was very, very angry. Now, all he had to do was to say sorry. That's all he had to do. And if he can't control his dog, then just have it in the lead. You know, just put, put the dog in the lead. I mean, I'm not. You know, there's all. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not the first one to see this dog charging at me. Like it was a big dog, like, and it was coming at me at some speed. And he he did jump in my chest, but he didn't hurt me or he didn't trip me up. But it was close to because I had to ha- actually stop. Now, luckily, I was only doing an easy run. But if I was doing a session, that would have been even worse. I could have fallen over and I could have been out for Chicago and all the all the effort and all the training that you put in. The last thing you want to do is to fall over a dog you know um, yeah. so anyway any dog owners who listen to this and I'm sure you're all like minded runners as well um, make sure that yeah, yeah look after your dog control it and um, be mindful that some of the runners uh, don't know how to deal with a, a dog flying at your face so that's, you that's the key is control it I mean I've got the, I mean you know maybe I'm being a, we're being a bit biased but hey let's be biased of, you know, when I'm running, I'm thinking, oh, they should be going my way. I do make an effort to get out of doggy ways, but when someone's walking on a narrow trail and the dog is not on a leash and it's clearly not in control, that really pisses me off. And also, when the dog is on a massive lead on a tiny path, it's just, it's a trip. It's just, I mean, if you had to design the perfect runner tripwire, it would be a thin, <laughs> almost invisible leash, which is what exactly they're on. And when you've got some little, some tiny wee dog, it's just, Getting under your feet and oh, really annoys me. Yeah. And, you know, I shout ahead of time. You know, watch out, and they, they don't care. What a running rant, right? This was pointed out to me by one of our listeners, and I. It's a guy at our club. I saw it on his Strava, and it, this is brutal. He was out for a run last week, and he got bitten in the balls by a dog. Oh. Right, and his balls were it, it, it broke the skin, and he was bleeding. Oh. I mean, that is unacceptable. <laughs> That's not funny, sorry. That's but, not funny, sorry, Andrew. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, like... Absolutely brutal. He was having a run. I mean, I just saw on Strava's run when last weekend we came up. Beautiful run to a dog bit me in the ball. <laughs> I'm leading in sore now, raging. <laughs> I take it he's okay, though, is he? Yeah, I think he has to go and... I mean, from what I can, what I can read, he has to go to a hospital and um, he has to get his jabs checked and everything. Oh, you know, God. Oh, man. Jesus, I mean... That's, uh, that's, that's, that. you know, that, that's an extreme example, to be fair, but still, dog runners, just be, okay, let's be honest, only runners listen to this, the, the runners who, the dog runners who do listen to this are clearly controlling their dogs because they're runners, but we need to spread the word more to our non-running friends. We do. Control your dogs. Yeah, and I, I know there's an element that, you know, runners can be quite aggressive sometimes and maybe be a little bit overprotective, but... Um, so yeah, I know we we have we've got a part to play in that, and we've got to be mindful that, and it isn't just us on the the playing field. It is a a fifty fifty, but and I and, and I completely get that. You know, I've been we've been running miles and miles on trails and years and years of running, and I, I get the I get the fairness um, when we're out in trails and and on the road and stuff. And um, I think we need to obviously make sure that we are being we're we're, we're speaking to other people on the trails as as fairly and as how we would like to be treated but the moment that they don't treat us with respect is, is when I get angry and 
I'm sure other like-minded runners would get angry if they're not pulling their weight on the trail as well. So there is yeah. an element of, um, of, of, of fairness in, in, when you're out running and walking and all the other cycling and all the other bits. That, so we should be all sharing the trail in harmony, Tom. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that rounds off the rant for this episode. We're going to jump into the interview with um, Alex Jackson, MBE. So, Tom, I'll let you do the introduction and uh, we'll crack on with that. So, so, you know, just to tee up very briefly, Alex Jackson, MBE, if, you, if you're not aware of Alex, he's, he's officiated, and he talks about this interview, he's officiated in, Scot- in Scottish athletics for, for years. He's a, he's a you know, hugely respected um, part of the athletics community in Scotland. He's given so much to the to the sport and it was only when I you know, I was obviously very aware of Alex, but only when I started researching before meeting him, you know, Alex was the the, the event manager for the the World Cross in two thousand eight. You know, he's a really uh, you know, a guy who's you know, really experienced great insight into athletics in Scotland. He served on served as secretary in various capacities and you know, in cross country and running so a really interesting guy to speak to, and I think the, your listeners will find it um, a really interesting um, insight into life as an official. I'm delighted to be joined uh, today by uh, Alex Jackson, who many of you will know through his roles in, in Scottish Athletics. Firstly, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Could you just tell us a bit about yourself and your, your background in athletics? Yes, Tom. Um, I suppose as a youngster, I was more into football. Um, athletics didn't and running didn't come into it um, but I wasn't any good at football I'm still a Hibs supporter still <laughs> going to see Hibs whenever I can but um, running didn't come around in my thoughts until I went to the last day of the 1970 Commonwealth Games at Meadowbank and then at that uh, last day there was a 5,000 metres with um, Kip Kaino, Ian McCafferty and Ian Stewart. And Kip Kaino was the favourite, but in the last lap, the two Scots ran away from him. And that was, that sort of, it was an inspirational uh, day. It really was um, something special. So that got me, you know, I thought this running might be quite uh, good. Huh. Um, so then... Around that time, I was working at uh, Ferranti's in Edinburgh, and uh, there was lunchtime back runs, and they were mainly sort of organised by two guys called uh, Claude Jones and Eric Fisher, who were coaches in Edinburgh AC at that time. Eric Fisher is still a coach at Edinburgh AC. So I used to go, there was a lunchtime handicap once a month, and I used to do that, and I kind of... Um, you know, I did that for a few years without doing many races. There wasn't a lot of races around in the 1970s. And then in 1978, Ferranti, AC, the club was formed. So it was a, there was a few of us in the works got together. It wasn't a particularly elitist club, but I went to lots of cross-country events, um, road races, and was, you know, probably in the bottom half of the field, cross-country runner. Um, so that continued on. till, um, And then my best year was 1984. Um, and I was I trained quite well up to then. And in 1984, 
I was probably, instead of being poor, I was mediocre. So probably in an East District League race, I was halfway up the field. Um, and in 1984, I kind of had um, my best year. And the targets were um, to do to try. I had four targets in road races. And the targets were to do a sub-three-hour marathon, to do a sub 120 half marathon uh, to do a 10 mile race in sub 60 minutes and to do a sub 5 minute mile so the the marathon I'd done a few marathons but I hadn't been down under 3 hours and then I managed to at Motherwell this was in marathon boot time, in boom time in the <laughs> 1980s I managed 2.53 so that one was ticked off nice and then at uh, the Great North Run, I did the Great North Run half marathon, and it was a sweltering day, and I did 1.23. Oh. So that was a bit disappointing. Uh, it might have been under 1.20 if it had been a better day. Uh, I did the Tom Scott 10 mile, and that was 58 minutes. And these days, the Tom Scott was a, a downhill uh, lot to Motherwell point-to-point course, and it was a fast course. So that was ticked off. And I never managed to do a five-minute mile, although I think I probably did do a five-minute mile in that first mile with the Tom Scott because <laughs> it started on a top of a hill in law, and then um, the first mile was probably sub-five-minute. So that was my best year. So after that, I kept running, kept doing cross-country, um, and then, you know, kids came along. I still kept doing running. And then in latter years, sciatica kind of kicked in. And I wasn't doing that many. I've still been doing part runs. I like part runs. And then this year, probably my last part run, I hadn't run for a couple of years. And uh, my good friend, Eddie McDonald, and I went round Cramond Park Run in Edinburgh in 31 minutes, which doesn't sound that great, but I was delighted. Nice. Um, you know, 23, 24-minute part run times were what I was doing um, a bit earlier. Okay. But uh, 31 minutes at age 70, that was um, probably my my uh, one of my <laughs> one of my most joyful runs. So that's running wise. So always a mediocre runner. So. Um, then officiating wise, so in that in nineteen eighty four, um, when I did that marathon the following Wednesday, there was an East District League cross country AGM and I went along and they needed a secretary and um nobody else wanted to do it. Where have you heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> nobody else had wanted to do it. So I was persuaded to do it. Um and I was told that I wouldn't need to do it as long as the previous, one of the previous secretaries was a guy called George, George Athey, who had been secretary from 1928 to 1977, 49 years. Uh, but I'm still secretary, so what have I done at the moment? I've done about 34 years. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> uh, but I enjoy that one. So that's, that's what started. And then I came out of that meeting that night and I thought, Goodness gracious, what does this mean? Does this mean I'm, I'm an official? <laughs> <laughs> the shock, the horror. 
But in actual fact, for lots of years after that, I got involved in officiating, and I was still able to to run in races. You know, not as many. And my best years were gone. It was just um, competing and enjoying it. So progressively, what things, how did I get involved in other parts of officiating? Um, well, I became East District Secretary in 1988. I was then part of what was the Scottish Cross Country Union General Committee. These were in the days that it was, there were separate governing bodies for men and women. So this was a okay. men-only uh, um, organisation. And then come 1992, Scottish Athletics came into existence. All the governing bodies were amalgamated. So I then became a member of the Commission for uh, Road Running and Cross Country, which was male, female, them all. So that was 19, yeah, that was 1992. And I'm continuing to do a bit of running. And then just continued then in 2000, yeah, a couple of things happened in 2008. First of all, in 2008, the World Cross Country Championships were held in Edinburgh. Um, and I was competition manager for that. So one of the things we did is a group of us went to the World Cross Country at Mombasa the previous year. Oh, wow. Which was, yeah, which was an amazing experience. Um, just to show how it was done. And we saw how it was done. I mean, some, some of the aspects of it, how, how it shouldn't be done. <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, amazing to see uh, that race. Um, so then the world was held in Edinburgh in 2008. Uh, it was a two-day affair. Um, Holyrood Park, round Haggis now, yeah. traditional cross-country course. It worked. It was good. Um, and Scottish Athletics put on a good show in that. So I've got to say, and Alex, I remember I was actually a student at Edinburgh at the time and I uh, marshaled on the marshal at the event. Um, right. Yeah, which was, uh, and that was my first experience of being at a major event and watching it and you know seeing uh it was Bekele who won it that day I mean that was uh Bekele won it that day and Andy Shu came off halfway through that's, the race. that's right yeah amazing and I was uh <laughs> I, I thought it was a you know I was someone who was just doing a bit of cross-country at uni and to see that come into Edinburgh was was amazing and uh yeah. you know I didn't realize until I was I wouldn't rise until um you know I read about you know a bit more about you getting your MBE that you were the competition manager that day I mean that's uh yeah that must yeah. be incredible um yeah there was it was really the. It was a two-day affair, Tom. So maybe I don't know if you were involved on the Saturday. We had home internationals and inter-district and regional races. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that was there was there was quite an involvement that day, and then the following day, the sort of the chip timing and that sort of thing took over, and it all worked. It was great satisfaction to to uh, for that weekend to be over. It was good. Um, so yeah, what else did I do? Oh yes, the, the, the prelude to, and so I was at the 1970 Commonwealth Games at uh, Meadowbank in Edinburgh and watched that and thought, gosh, that inspired me. And then the way the way things worked out, the 1986 Commonwealth Games at Meadowbank, I was a press officer. I was in the media team, so that involved gathering people together to go to news conferences and things like that. And just as 
um, Ian Stewart and Ian McCafferty had been my highlight of that. The highlight of 1986 mm-hmm. was watching Liz McCaugan win the 10,000 metres. I mean, that was oh, a, wow, yeah. you know, hairs on the back of your neck sticking <laughs> up the uh, job. That was really... And then there was the, it was really interesting to see all the athletes and how they reacted to things. At that time, Steve Cram was at his ultimate best and sort of walked away with the amazing speed in 800 and 1500. And then there was Daley Thompson, who won the decathlon, um, who was asked to go to a press conference. It was obligatory for everybody to go to a press conference. And Daley didn't do press conferences. So Daly didn't tell me, he told one or the other, the head press officer, to, um, to F off. He didn't go to the <laughs> But that was smoothed over. Eventually, I think, at the, the following day, uh, Daly did a press conference. So that was a great experience. And what else happened official-wise? Uh, so, yes, and the other thing happened in 2008 is um, I became secretary of the Road Running and Cross-Country Commission. And Ron Morrison became chair of the Road Running and Cross Country Commission. Ron had been referee at the the World Cross Country in Edinburgh, and we we all always worked well together. So we took over these two positions in the commission and worked well together. We held these positions for I think maybe six or seven years, and that really not really through our efforts, but that really coincided with a, a, a good upsurge in, in cross-country really coming to the fore and lots of endurance people really coming to, you know, peaking for championships at that time. Your Andrew Butchert and your Callum mm. Hawkins and uh, Laura Muir, people like that. So it was good to be part of that. Um, so that was, that's kind of my, and I, so I gave up as commission secretary a couple of years ago, but I'm still on the commission and I'm still involved in um, a convener for quite a few of the championships. So that's, yeah, that covers it's, me as a runner and uh, covers just about me as an official. I mean, it's a, it's such an impressive stint in, you know, in terms of the the range of events you've you've been organised, you're involved in. You talk about you know East League fixtures all the way through to you know competition manager for you know a world championship event. Absolutely incredible, and um, yeah. you know the it's yeah a real fixture in the scene. I mean, over that time to to talk about cross country and a bit more. How have you seen the cross country scene change and evolve over these years in Scotland? Well, I mean, when I started in the East League, um, you, and it was it was male only, so that was and fe- male only and female only. Not only in the East District League, in the National Cross Country Championships, every championship was completely separate. And then when um, the Scottish Athletics came into being in 1992, we gradually amalgamated the events to become. Um, male and female championships, and that took you know that was that took a bit of work because we were suddenly going to much longer days, timetabling. Um, you know, more athletes were going to them. You had to plan ahead um, to take these meetings. So that was one of the one of, probably the biggest development of the way things have gone in that way. 
It's um yeah, I mean I I know looking you know I mean I've only I've been running cross country really only ten years, but even in that time you can it's quite amazing to see the you know how how things are changing and you know even recently we've seen this um you know the move I know it's at an IWF level but you know women moving up to ten kilometers uh, the men coming down from ten k um, you know I guess is a part a part of a push for equality in Scotland. What's your view on changes such as this? Yeah, this this is an interesting one. Ron Ron Morrison very much led that. He was he he's very much on the commission said right. Why why do women run different distances in cross country? They run the same distance in ten uh, k road. They run the same distance in marathon, half marathon. Why should it be different in cross country? And I think a few of the more prominent ladies actually went to Ron and said, why does this happen? So there was that aspect. But then, and I also think that Ron thought that eventually the Scottish government are going to say, look, everything, these things should be equalised. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how it should operate. But of course, as soon as you bring the, as soon as you suggest this, um, there'll be, the, you know, which way do you do it? Do you bring the distance down for men and bring it up, and, and or do you bring it up for women? And when we first um, equalised the national cross-country championship distance for men and women, so the men went down from 12k to 10k. There was quite a few mutterings there. It <laughs> should be 12k. It's traditional, etc. And women went up from 8k to 10k, and there was quite a few mutterings there. A lot of the more track-based women thought it was too far. You also had an element of, you know, veteran women saying, you know, I would prefer if it was a shorter distance. So you can't... It's difficult to equalise. It was interesting, The Scotland, as it has done in a few other things, have led the way with this. So we equalised the National Cross Country Championship about three years ago, and people noticed this. So there was a there was a debate in England about whether it should happen there or not. So the English Cross Country Union set out, I think it was four questions on a um, to find people's views, and they had um, should it be the same distance? Should it men be going longer? Should women should should men be going shorter? Should women be going longer? There was four or five different questions. And what happens when you have a survey like that, people just think of what's best for them? What do they want to do? Yeah. So they got a whole range of answers back and nothing was really conclusive. So what the English Cross Country Union have done for the National and England coming up is they've left things as they are at the moment. Okay. Um, but, I mean, the, the World Cross Country, when it happens, and it doesn't happen very often nowadays, the World Cross Country is now 10k for men and 10k for women. Um, and I think the trend will happen that um, they will equalise as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, the East Cross Country League, we have left as it is just now. The women's races will be uh, shorter than the men's. And one of the reasons for this is that um, the under-20 women run with the senior women um and that would be quite an up if you upped it there. And I also had an example. I, I know two people I know from a couple of years ago when we started 
finding uh, information and what people wanted to do. And in a, an East District League, um, fairly far down the field, there was a under-20, 17-year-old uh, girl that I know and a 71-year-old master in my club who finished next to each other. <laughs> and neither of them would want the distance to go up. <laughs> right, OK. Um, so, you, you know, this is a difficult one, but we're gradually... Um, it's changing. There's not many events that are not equal the distance as well. The other thing we've got to think of too, if you're equalising, is equalising um, medals in championships and number of counters in a relay team. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago in the National Cross Country Championship, the number of counters for women went up from three to four. And this year coming up, it's going to go up from four to five. Okay. I think I think Tartan Running Shorts have got an exclusive on this. Excellent. I don't know if many people uh, know that just now, but that's what will happen Bra next year. Breaking with news. a view to probably the year after it to being equalised at um, six for men and six for senior women. That's interesting. Uh, so these things are... And the other thing that we've done is uh, the... National Cross-Country Championships, North Cross-Country Relay Championships at Cumbernauld, a senior women's team is now four in a team rather than three it was before. Okay. So we're moving to equalisation faster than other parts of the UK, certainly. That's really interesting. And do you think that at the road relays, that's something that might come in, in time? Yep, that's something you've got to look at. At the moment, we've got uh, six men four women you've really got to see the number of of um you know how many teams are going it's something we might look at in the future and you know i've, I've got mixed views here if you're a big club it suits you and um, if you're a small club you may well toil to get the extra people yeah. to go in the team and you know people don't like uh, finishing um, incomplete teams mm -hmm. and relays, it's you know, it's it's um, doesn't it detracts from the event. Road relays is something to look at certainly. Okay, so on the, I mean, just to you know, touch back on the cross country season in general. So you know, we've got um, you you know, no one is I'm sure is is sort of as fair with the the circuit as you are in Scotland. Certainly, we've got the district champs relay. Sorry, coming up shortly with. Um, Glams, uh, which has an Aberdeen-based runner, we're delighted to have it within a within an hour's drive. Um, <laughs> Irvin for the west and Doors for the north. In terms of a you know the planning and preparation for a uh, and selection process for venues for Scottish uh, Scottish cross country competitions, how does that work? Um, well, we I we ask for um, venues from clubs via district committees meetings but we don't get a lot of I tend to, to go to clubs that maybe haven't put anything on and do a an email shot and say you know if you think of a course could I come and have a look at it you know it, you know the, the district really is actually a good one to start with because it's not a huge meeting um, there's not an enormous amount of athletes and it's only sort of two courses to think up um, but really, Tom, we, <laughs> we're not in a situation of 
of sifting through lots of applications right. and deciding which one we should take. In many ways here, um, cross-country is a victim of its own success because these meetings are now big meetings now mm. and sometimes um, clubs shy away from what it involves to put them on. Um, yeah. And in terms Apart, of... of course, from Metro Aberdeen and Aberdeen up there <laughs> because uh, you guys have done more in your share. I mean, I think actually you say the number, you know, the interest is growing, and we've actually found that that we, as a club, we've got a big interest in cross country, but it, it benefits us to to host it because it means we don't have to ask selfishly our our athletes to travel, you know, yep. um, so far. So that's been that's been a real big success for us. Well, yeah, I mean that's the other thing when when we announced that um, you know the district championships are going. Back to Aberdeen, they were two years ago, and clubs say, "Oh, Aberdeen." I say, "Well, <laughs> Metro and Aberdeen are, have a lot of trips down here. <laughs> they support the championships down here. It's only right that we should be going up there um, a few times." Yeah. With with the big numbers, I mean, as far you know, I've only ever run the national at Falkirk. I understand that it was previously at Irvine and, and other locations. Is that something that's fixed for now? I mean, the national is Falkirk, or is that reviewed? Yes. Well, the, if you think of, there's several events that have been at venues for quite a few years. The National at Falkirk has been there since 2006, and that's because, one, Falkirk Community Trust are very supportive in giving us Calendar Park to use it. Falkirk Victoria Harriers uh, set the courses, have done it, and experienced um, look at if you look at Scotland, Falkirk's pretty close to <laughs> the the middle. I know it's quite a long way from um, the north, but it's it's a fairly central venue. Yeah, um, you get quite a lot of parking there. It all works quite well. So that and and as long as Falkirk Community Trust are still happy to have us, that happens. At Cumbernauld, the National Cross Country Relays. Again, we've got a very supportive partner, North Lanarkshire. The national relays have been at Cumbernauld off the top of my head since about 2001, and more or less the same course. So again, um, that's that's a continuing thing. Not if you've been near the best place for parking or getting club tents down, but a really good course. You need a couple um, of strong lads in the squad for Cumbernauld to get your ten. <laughs> yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. But a good spectator course. Absolutely. Um, you know that you, you you get a, a good two and a half mile lap out of the park. Where, where else are we? Do we go often? I'm trying to think. Yes, I mean our tie-in with um, Great Run have meant for the last um, maybe 15 years. The, the inter-district championships have been at Edinburgh and that's worked quite well. The inter-district championships are, we more or less get all our top athletes out to that and Great Run are happy to incorporate it into um, their televised meet. So that this year is moving to Stirling a wee bit further north you'll mm-hmm. be happy to know. Very good. Um, and that's that will the course for that will be below Stirling Castle, I think, in the King's Park. I oh, don't fantastic. know. I've not been to the course yet. So there's three venues that 
they go back to year after year because we've got the support of a partner there. Um, and, and that's why that happens. You can't do that with them all. But quite often we tend to, if we get a venue and it works, we tend to go back again. Hence, we're going back to Glam's because we were there last year and it worked. Do you want me just to go through the fixture list just sort of roughly, yeah, Tom? Pl- and sort please of, please yeah, do. I'll, Obviously, I'll, please I'll do, try yeah. and go through. If I'm rabbiting on too long, just tell me. No, please do. I think with entries open now for yep. the district relays, I think it's a really good time to, to yep. try and build some hype. Yeah. Um, so we start off, as you said, with Glam's. Um, back to Glam's, the course that we did um, last year, Originally, it was a guy that lived in the state grounds who said, why don't you come here? And I had a picture of uh, Glam's as you're going up the avenue and all these fields on either side, <laughs> and it might be a decent cross-country course. When I went up there, the manager said, no, they've got animals in them, you can't use them. <laughs> so the Glam's course was a kind of compromise in the end. Um, it's not a spikes course. There's a wee bit of tarmac in it, so it's really yeah. a trails or... Um, you know, road shoes course, but it's flat. It's a good introduction to cross country. For for road runners, do a did a great job in putting it on last year. A club that don't really do cross country, um, and it was, it was. I was surprised in some ways how well supported it was. As soon as you move from the central belt, and a lot of the central belt senior athletes say, oh, "Go." that far to run two and a half miles but it was well supported and hope it will be again so the entries for that as you said close on the 27th of september so i'm sure throughout the east um club team managers will be gathering together all the names that they uh, need to put in for entries for that one absolutely so then at the week after first league races at sterling um, using the same courses we've used um, for quite a few years there. Um, we've had two very wet days, so there's a wee bit of change in that the, the Stirling University people didn't want us to leave a quagmire up at the sports pavilion there, <laughs> so we actually have to have the start-finish a wee bit further away from where it usually is, but it's more or less the same course, Okay. and that's that's a well-supported event. Mm, that's a good course. Back to Cumbernauld for the relays, as we've already said, um, well, that's what we we're going to do at Glam's, while well, I remember. Um, for something a wee bit different, put a V on Masters teams' backs. We've had feedback from saying, you know, got Excellent. Masters medals, men and women there. The athletes that are running don't know who they're racing against for the Masters medals. So we have Vs on the back so you know who you're racing. That's great. Yeah, I know a lot of clubmates who will be very keen and pleased to hear that. Yeah, yeah. The, the Masters medals are really... You know, it's, it gets the teams out and very competitive in that. Absolutely. Um, then we move on to the next championships, the 10th of November, the National Short Course Championship. That's at Lanark this year, quite a ways away from you, from the northeast. Yeah. We'll, we'll be there, don't worry. Back and forward from east and west. So uh, two years ago it was at Renfrew, last year it was at Cody. And this year it's at Lanark. What, what so that's become a very popular championship. You know, people like a short race, <laughs> and it's the one championship that Laura Muir has supported, the cross-country championship, in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And that's really added to the event if Laura uh, comes along to that. 
she does run away from the rest of the field, but she she does support the event. Yeah. And <laughs> um, what do we go to next? Second lead race is um, at Broxburn this time. Um, then on the 8th of December, it's the East District Championships at Aberdeen at Balgownie. Sure is. And that one is on the equalisation uh, front, um, 8.5 for men and women. And you know that because as uh, two years ago, you were involved in the course with Jackie Stewart and Peter Jennings and people like that. I am indeed, yes. We're looking yes, forward to yes. it this year. I think we need to. I think we need to try and shorten it a little bit from the ten k before, but that'll yep. be that'll yep. be done. No yep. problem. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's on the eighth of December. We return to where we were two years ago to Balgownie. Then on the twelfth of January, the Great Stirling. This is the Great Stirling Cross Country. So that's into District Championships at Stirling. The sub league race is at the nineteenth of January at Livingston. The Masters Championships are at Hoyk, a long way away, mm-hmm. on the 2nd of February. Um, we went to that course five years ago, and it was a Baltic day. It <laughs> was um, really cold. I'm hoping it's not the same again. And then on the 23rd of February, it's the National Cross Country Championships, uh, back to Falkirk. So that's the cross country season in a nutshell fantastic I think um, Broxburn I've got to say is one of my favourites from an East League perspective and it'll be very interesting to go back a little bit earlier because that January slot usually means it's pretty hard ground occasionally icy in that little water feature but this will be a bit earlier Broxburn is really interesting because if you've done it a few years you realise there's quite often a big lake in the corner (laughs) and it's no matter how much rain there is, the lake seems to have disappeared in decent recent <laughs> years. Yeah. I don't know if the drainage is better. But yes, place. that's that's a, a contrast. So in Broxburn in November won't probably be like Broxburn in uh, January. There's a switch in round. But Livingston reviews quite a lot. Livingston's a well-used cross-country. Yeah, coach. I like Livingston. So, I mean, it's you talk about... It's, you know, one thing I was going to ask you is where the numbers are clearly up, it's a real, you know, it feels like a real boom time for cross country. And um, one, the one thing that strikes me is, is the, is the, you know, the numbers are there, and some of the initiatives which I'm, you know, we up Metro are really supportive of are things like the, the introduction of the Lindsay's Trophy. I think is a brilliant idea. It's a really, you know, really, I think certainly we see that as a let's try and get numbers out, which is good. At the, at the further towards the front, in terms of the the quality and the depth of quality. How do you see that now compared to, say, um, you know, the 80s and 90s cross-country scene yeah. in Scotland? Yeah, if you, if, you really, if you really look at the stats there, there probably isn't the depth that there was then. Um, yeah, it's a, excuse me. <coughs> it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, the, the, the field in... in a national is the, the number of masters that's in it is probably a lot higher than it used to be. Um, yeah, it's that's that's yeah that's an interesting one. I think you would probably you you can go through races that have been around for a while and you'll probably find the times that were being done some road races that are still the same. The times that were being done in the eighties and nineties, with a few exceptions, are faster than they're done now. Um, yeah. 
Is there, do you see any reason for that, do you think? Is it a, a progressive um, picture list or just a lack of the interest? Internet. <laughs> okay, right. The, you know, people, it's, I think that it's modern living. There's that many things for people to do now that in these days, um, the training regime was much harder. People, like, you know, that probably clubs, there was more stronger clubs and the club element was there. Um, yeah, it's it's one you could debate a long time as to why that's that's happened. Yeah, it's um, you know, there's no clear reason. There's no clear reason. It's interesting. I posed the same question to Charlie Bannerman when we spoke to him a few weeks ago, and, and he had a very you know he made the same point. You know, the club scene now is perhaps not as as strong as it was, you know, eighties and nineties. I guess it's something that needs to be needs to be worked on. Um, it it it's down in our area. It really you've got to look at the a successful club needs one or two driving forces, and Central AC's success over the last few years have really been down to a great extent to Derek Easton and to also to maybe a lesser extent John McDonald at Central. Now through coaching and through Really getting a, a, a you know a feel good factor and a winning factor that just rolled on and on, and and then the same sort of things happened at a club called Castorfin. Tom yeah. Ferrington and Brian Clark have been the, the kind of instigators there, and you get a roll on effect. And Central and Castorfin, and because they've been doing the twelve stage in England. And athletes from other clubs have actually moved from their club to Kostorf and, and Central. They've been the two big clubs, certainly male-wise, in the east of Scotland for quite a few years now. And whether it will continue, I don't know. I think Central are maybe not as strong as they used to be. Yeah, I think we'll they... hear this and decide <laughs> to get everybody out. Yeah, you might get the yellow train in for us. That's what we want, the surely. We want, train, yeah. we want them out yeah. at the clubs. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the, the the calendar clearly creates you know a, a plenty of opportunities and a good environment for for juniors to develop. You know, in a time where we are seeing a lot of kids playing lots of different sports, and um, one issue we face up here is some of our juniors, as much as they enjoy uh, cross country or running on the weekend, sadly they're playing football or they're or they're playing something else. You know, what what do you think Scottish athletics and and the sport in general need to be doing to keeping them involved and and getting getting turnout and you know appearances from juniors in in the sport, particularly at cross country. Yeah, that's that's all. You know, you hear this time and time again. The ones that are good at one sport have got pools between all the other sports, and they they try to fit it all in. That's that's just uh, thing. How what does Scottish athletics do? Well, I mean, there's there's been the season is now much better structured for uh, for competition, mainly partly due to to Mark Pollard, the short course championships used to be in January. It's now in November. So you've now got the the short course club championships, and that's an impetus for clubs. You know, you get points for district release, national release, and the short course championships. So you've got that in the early part of the season. Mm-hmm. And then the Grand Prix continues through. For the youngsters, oh, yes. <laughs> Um, I don't really know. I don't. It, I'm not a coach, Tom. <laughs> I guess I think the use of you know you mentioned it yourself. I think the use of 
you know, stars like Laura Muir is clearly a way to to entice him. Uh, and oh. it's great when we see, you know, Andy Butcher or or Callum Hawkins turn out the national because I think that's and those two obviously were at the they were at the national relays last year. Just to, I think one was running, yeah. one was spectating. I think we that's really what we need to capture is get these guys out and also in terms of I think Scottish Athletics do a great job in terms of social media but I'd love to see a bit more uh, footage of the National the, the videos so far are great but you know um, and Fraser Klein was telling us once that Sports Scene used to cover the National cross country I mean that yes. that's what we, we would, us fans would love to see Yes well, well first of all on, on the Laura Muir and Andrew Butcher front I I don't go away with many Scottish teams, but I have gone to most inter-counties through the years. Okay. I've missed very many in March. So they're both, I've seen them both as young athletes. And Laura, Laura was never any great shakes as an under-15, under-17. I have emails from her mum when she was an under-15, I think it was, saying, has Laura got a place in the mini-marathon team? It used to be a team of six, and I had to email back and say, uh, Alison, Laura's second reserve. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and so Laura, it was interesting, Laura um, was always around there and always keen. And then she went to university and it just absolutely clicked for her when she was coached by Andy Young. So many athletes go to university and their, their training regime is different. They've got to cook their meals. They've mm-hmm. got work in university, and it goes the opposite way. Occasionally, um, an athlete will just completely blossom, and there's one, a few that do that, and Laura was one of them. Um, yeah, she's inspirational. Andrew Butcher, Andrew has, will, will admit to you that as a, an under-20 and under-17, he's a bit jack the lad. He, yeah. he, he, he did the bare amount of training, and... Um, he just, you know, and then suddenly, I think, well, not suddenly, I think he sat down with Eric Eason one day and said, right, what do I have to do to get better? And um, he really, you know, he he changed his attitude completely to the sport and blossomed. It was amazing to see that because Andrew was, you know, was around but never at the sharp end um, and as an under-20 and even in the early years as a senior. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he came he actually came on the on the podcast and he was telling us that he want you know he saw Ali Hay as a real inspiration yep. and that's a, that's a really it shows if you've got big characters and senior yep. guys at the club who set an example that's you know that's what you what maybe what what the clubs need. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just so I'm just to. Um, you know we've covered a lot on on uh, on cross country and um, a really you know really great to get your insight just to. You, you know, such a long background you've had in it. What would you say your career highlight is in your involvement in in athletics in, in Scotland? Well, actually, what I didn't say in the sport was, uh, as I officiated, um, my my son Peter um, started doing computing results. So he started doing results for a lot of the championships. If you look at the national championships right through to about 2012, the style on the archive, the national cross country drawing archive, Peter did them. He oh, wow. programs for them. And my wife was involved in um, doing declarations, results, that sort of thing. So in 2003, um, the Stilly Sword, which is an award for uh, Scottish
Scottish Athletics gives. They gave it to our family. So that was probably one of my proudest times. And the other thing is this year I was gobsmacked to receive an MBE. Um, And that was, it was an MBE for my work in cross country. And I don't think, we don't think that anybody has received an award for um, services to cross country in the UK before. So I looked at that as an award more to the, you know, partly for me, but partly to the sport. It was, particularly humbling to think of all the people who uh, I knew who I thought should have had that word before me. Uh, quite so these, right. these are two highlights, Tom. Um, yeah. The Philly Sword and the NBA. Both incredibly well-deserved. I mean, I, you know, as I said, the, the, the 10 plus years I've been running, you know, you're a, a guy who's, you you know, we always see you out there, you're so heavily involved and, you know, the services for cross-country is absolutely well-deserved. Um but before, and we're obviously delighted to have you on the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, uh, our first sort of proper Scottish Athletics cross country guest. And before before I let you go, we've been um, we've got a feature where we run through fartlek questions. So what I'm going to do is right. I'm going to rattle off a, a few questions and just as quick as you can, like a fartlek session. If you just give us your answer and we'll move on. So are you ready, okay. Alex? I'm ready. What is your favourite running race? The Cooper Five Five Mile. Nice. What's your favourite movie? Um, Moulin Rouge. Who's your f- running hero? Um, oh, blimey. Um, uh, Lackey Stewart. Favourite cross-country venue? Um, Irvin. Pre-race meal? Pasta. Least favourite running race? Um, the Scottish Marathon Championship I ran in in 1980 that I had to drop out of. Oh dear. Co or a vet? Um, Co. Hawkins or Butcher? Oh, Butcher. No contest. Hibs or Ferranti? <laughs> Hibs. <laughs> uh, Favourite Scottish running district? <laughs> the North, of course. Oh. Favourite shoe? Running shoe? Uh, Nike International. Favourite beer? They them now. Oh, right. Favourite beer? Uh, Jukers. Nice. Favourite training session? What's that? Oh. Um, <laughs> a long run on a Sunday. And lastly, your favourite place to run? Um, the Hermitage in Edinburgh. Nice. Good answer. I've, you know, we've had some... Some of those answers, we had Chris Jones on a couple of weeks ago, and he was, uh, and also Mary McLennan, who both for a favourite race have talked about the um, Highgate Harriers 10,000. So the Cooper 5, a race which is, I'm from just up the road from Cooper, so that's great to hear that as a that as a, a, an answer. Can I, can I just add, I've, I've, you talked about development of people from cross-country. It's interesting that, that people that are youngsters in cross-country actually develop through to um, other positions. So in, uh, starting off as um, under-11s, you've got the Scottish Athletic uh, Office. Ali Love started off in Fraserburgh as an under-11, the event manager. Yep. Mark Monroe, the chief executive of Scottish Athletics, started off as an under-11 with Haddington. And um, Jamie MacDonald, um, who's the national club manager of the East, 
um, started off as an endurance under 11 with Central AC. Oh, wow. So, um, there's um, not only runners that come through the system. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's really good. Anyway, Alex, well, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been really, it's been great to catch up with you, and I really, it's, you know, we're hoping to promote the cross-country season. It's great to get that input from right. a man like yourself, um, and uh, we look forward to seeing you out on the on the course through the season. Indeed, Tom. Enjoyed it. Thank great. you. That's brilliant, Alex. Thanks very much. I'll see you, certainly see you in December anyway. Right. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Bye. Brilliant. That was an amazing interview, Tom. Uh, thank you very much, Alex, for your, your time and taking taking the time out to come on Tartan Running Shorts. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, really inspiring as well. So, so much so much you've done for the athletics community. It's 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 great, and I'm, I'm sure uh, a lot of people will, will will acknowledge that as well. So excellent. So, Tom, um, we're almost at the end of the show. I've got work to go to now, and um, I'm sure you've got a flight to catch back home. Uh, there's a, a few other bits and bobs. Obviously, we had last last week we had an, a, another great interview with uh, George Ashley, the co-founder of Active Root. Um, now we we mentioned it on the show last last week. We we have we we, we you know we we got a lot of information insight about sports drinks and um, and also George's training. We we also but just highlight that he did, he did offer us a discount code. Um, so if you um, it's tartan shorts, all in one word, um, and he will, and it's for a fiver, you'll get some free uh, original sachet of ginger root and green tea in a, a 750ml bottle as well. So if you want to try it out, really good offer. I would uh, urge you to, to go on and, and order online, and the discount code is tartan shorts. So, and also for next week, talking about interviews, uh, we have another fantastic interview lined up for next week, and it's... Uh, recently came fifth at the UTMB, the Ultra Trail Mont Blanc in Chamonix, which is one of the world's, uh, you know, i say toughest, uh, high-profile ultra trail races in the world. Um, so a really good result from Damien Hall, uh, who's going to be coming on the show next week. So that'll be a, a great interview. Um, and I'm sure you, you ultra ultra wackos out there will love love it love to hear an insight into how he how his race went and his training and his prep and his goals for for the next coming years exciting yeah um so yeah anything else tom are you how are you feeling then for sunday you feeling feeling good feeling good mate feeling good so yeah we'll we'll talk about next week how we get on but i am feeling good um I'm hoping to report back next week with you. You'll be in Chicago, ready to run a PB. I'll just run a PB. So that, that's uh, that's what we're hoping for next week. Fingers, so so if you, yeah. fingers crossed, no, no, Tom. All good. Uh, Sorry? Oh, you're back. Fingers crossed. You're breaking up there. Fingers crossed you get a PB. and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll so, be re- reporting back next week. Absolutely, yeah. So... So for listeners, if you do want to get in touch with us and you maybe you're running, let us know. You know, we'll be putting some stuff on Facebook, so let us know. You can always email us at tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com if you've got any questions or you want to find out how to get a rub down from a Sayakoska in Aberdeen. Get, let us, we, we can put you in touch with that. On Facebook, we're at tartanrunningshorts, which is always proven to be a very good way to get a hold of us. And on Twitter, we're at, at tartanshorts, so... Uh, feel free to engage with us on any of those formats. 
Excellent. Right. Well, good luck on Sunday, Tom, and I will see you. I'll give you a call, I'm sure, and find out how it goes. We'll hopefully get a run later on today if you're back in time, but we'll see. Um, And yeah, thank you very much for listening, folks. We will see you all, or speak to you all next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.